0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Decoding Cocktails podcast. I'm your host, Chris LeBeau. The goal of this show is to understand the inner workings and evolution of mixology, hospitality, and community. As I further my own knowledge of the field, I'm inviting you to join me. You'll hear me interview people from around the industry about their work and beliefs. If you like what you hear, The best way to keep up is to subscribe via the podcast app you use. And if you think others will like this, I invite you to share an episode or write a review. Your words help grow our audience. And you can keep up with the latest news via our newsletter, Cocktail Confidential, or see what we're working on via Instagram. And please reach out. I'd enjoy hearing what you liked, learned, and what else you'd like to see me dig into. So let's get into it. So as I really kind of enter what I consider to be my first full-time year of this business, even though um, the pandemic, you know, kind of roughly two years old now is what gave birth to this, I, I, I sit back and reflect on the, the trajectory I've taken and one of the things I find interesting is that initially, I didn't realize that virtual was going to be a thing. But I've been so tickled by how well that and of course, in person classes have gone over. Um, one of the things I feel so lucky to hear very often is people say, Oh my gosh, this class has been great. But then it's often been followed by, how am I ever going to remember all of this? Or, or there seems like there's so much more to learn. And the reality about the way I have run the business so far in terms of private classes is that really, at the end of the day, these are fun, but they are a little difficult to organize because a lot of times you're bringing a group of people, so you're coordinating calendars. And if it's in person, now we're coordinating, where's it going to be? Can everybody really kind of even start at the same time and make it there at the same time? And then, of course, there's the reality that we only have, you know... 75 minutes, 90 minutes, two hours, depending on the course. And that can really, at the end of the day, it limits how much ground we can cover for those people that are, that are really interested. That understandably, in a social gathering, people are having a good time. And so part of the class is spent learning, and part of it is spent horsing around, as it should be. But these things Combined with the ca- the case that we really have to practice things, obviously, to retain them, this ultimately leads to I think that uh, if people don't go home, you know, and, and in the next couple of days after class, practice, um, sometimes the learnings they had can begin to feel set back a little bit, and so that has begun for me to kind of kick off the idea of, okay, well, how do I help reinforce that learning after class over people who, frankly can't or don't feel like organizing one, how might I be able to help them? And so that's why today I want to talk to you about a new online course, pre-taped online course that is currently being rolled out called Fear No Dinner Party. And the idea behind this, of course, that I believe the primary idea of learning mixology should be for almost all of us, hey, I'd like to make something nice for myself, or I'd like to make something nice for someone else. And if there's no fear involved with it, if we understand the basics of whether we're trying to make a Manhattan or a daiquiri, if we know, okay, one of these is stirred, one of these is shaken, one of these needs citrus, one of these doesn't, these are the things that help make like, okay, I can do this. Uh, it's The thing I like to say is that it puts the cocktail a little closer to on par with the glass of wine or a beer. And so... This course is uh, in part inspired by a couple of authors who have written about cooking in ways that seem so analogous to me in terms of the mixology world. Uh, The author Michael Ruhlman, chef Sami Nusrat, and Tim Ferriss have all written books where they essentially emphasize technique over ratios, uh, over recipes, excuse me. And at the end of the day, there are three basic techniques in uh, when you are making a cocktail. That was me slapping my hands together because sometimes you're trying to remember what you're trying to say. You're building a drink, you're gin and tonic, or my recently uh, rediscovered muse, the tequila sunrise. Uh, You're shaking a drink. This is a margarita. It's a daiquiri. It's a whiskey sour. You're stirring a drink. This is a martini. It's a Manhattan. It's an old-fashioned. It's a Sazerac. And when you understand... That a lot of times those drinks are also yielding various profiles. You see a drink that is stirred, you're going to go most of the time, okay, this is going to be a boozier, spirit-forward drink. Shaken, okay, we're probably going to be diluting this a little bit more with some citrus, some sweetener, uh, so this drink is going to be a little bit more lively. And then the highball, the built cocktail, oftentimes you're adding uh, a big pour of tonic water, a bigger pour of champagne, or a bigger pour of club soda. Okay, so this drink might be a little bit more refreshing and a longer drink. And then, as also those authors have pointed out, so in some of those cooking techniques, it's like, okay, you know, so for them, sometimes it's actually a category of food, too. So it's a braise, or it's a sauté. And in our world, it's sours, and it's daisies, and it's old fashions, and it's flips, and it's highball cocktails. You begin to understand these six root cocktail recipes. Okay, so I feel comfortable operating the equipment, and I understand the root recipes happening here, so uh, I typically love a gin gimlet, but all I have is lemons on hand. Okay, well, gin goes well also with lemons, or... I grab my bottle of Añejo tequila or my, my bourbon, and we'll make a whiskey sour instead. Uh, same profile, slightly different tasting notes as a drink. These are the things that I feel like in class we were able to touch on, and I get to see that light bulb come on for people. But in an online course like this, a kind of a multi-hour course of video, text, quizzes, and downloadable resources... This is the chance for us to really drive that home and go a little bit deeper to discussing what is exactly, when we put lemon or lime juice in a cocktail, what is it doing? Why is it there? When we put in sugar in here, there is such an aversion in some portions of our society towards sugar right now. And we could all do with a little less sugar in our diet, as I have probably said before, but Sweeteners are playing an important role in a cocktail. And if you pull them out, the cocktail is going to become harsher. And if that's your idea of a good drink, awesome. But to understand that sugar is really about creating balance. You know, what is a spirit doing? What is a liqueur exactly? You know, the greatest kept secret in all of the cocktail sphere, in my opinion, is vermouth. What is it? It's a fortified wine. What's that? Wait, my vermouth is 75 to 85% wine? I didn't know that. I've had the same bottle on my shelf for four years. What do you mean it's probably mostly vinegar? This is a chance for us to go through these things in a more protracted way to try to give you a better sense of what you're working with. You look at bitters and to know, okay, when do I just... How do I get comfortable just throwing a dash in a drink based on what I'm building? You know, these are the things that I think really give you a next level of liberty. Uh, make a drink your own. Make a whiskey sour or a gimlet or a, your riff on a margarita or paloma your own. But these are the kinds of things where it can give you better license to play. The other thing that is so fundamental to a course like this, of course, is that it's 5pm. And you want to drink, do you understand what to have out, how to set up a bar station, you know, if guests are coming over in a week or two weeks, as hopefully things recede on this two year adventure we've been on, um, maybe for good, maybe not, who knows, whatever, I'll I'll leave that alone. But uh, you know, people are coming over how do you begin to plan for that properly? How do you make sure that you only go into the grocery store, liquor store, one time? Uh, to know exactly what to do before people show up, uh, when you should batch something, and when you should, frankly, you just want to attend bar. Uh, one of the things you can drive home, and we'll discuss as well in this, is the importance of setting up and maintaining a clean bar station. Uh, the bar Death & Co. that I've recited many times, you know, their primary principle is uh, always be nulling. And while the term is a little bit insider baseball, uh, it essentially means your station should always be organized. And in the culinary world, that term is mise en place. Uh, when you are making a drink for a friend, if you kind of know what you're doing, and you, you've taken a, a minute to set up your station, so you're making them an old-fashioned and suddenly somebody says, hey, can I have a whiskey sour? If you have a handful of those ingredients ready, now you're not searching for them or grabbing them one at a time. It is absolutely a thing that helps you keep your cool if suddenly you're making a couple of drinks if you have your bar set up. So we're going to talk about how to do that as well. I, um, I am so grateful for the energy that comes from in-person classes. And my hope from something like this is that it gives you the ability to deepen your cocktail practice, to take what we've learned or what you want to learn and to push that to the next level. And from there, I hope to release, you know, more in-depth classes on how to really begin to dial in a cocktail. Uh, How do you really get into these experiments of learning to taste it's another one of the biggest things that exists in both the culinary and mixology worlds is, you know, one of the biggest things that chefs are always doing is tasting everything. You're tasting all the wrong ingredients, and they're tasting things as they come uh, across the final pass before they go out. You know, honing your palate uh, to be able to discern what is too sweet, too strong, too acidic, uh, etc., These are the things that will really help you be able to guide your practice further because when you understand what is on and off about a drink or why this rum is different from this one, why this whiskey is different from this one, these are the things that help you better understand how to begin to play a little bit more. Overall, I find that when you swap one ingredient for another, uh, I tend to find, and I'll say this with a, a little bit of a caveat, that I feel like there's a lot of forgiveness at times. You know, you're know, you swapping out one bourbon for one rye. Uh, I'm not going to be the kind of person who's going to fret too much about like having to reconfigure everything, and I'm sure that I could be shown examples as to why, but I feel like most of the time you can get a pretty passable drink, especially if you suddenly know how to add a little extra citrus or sugar or whatever to balance that drink out. I also envision the idea of uh, a class that might be solely about agave spirits or rum or or whiskey and the chance for us to dissect what is this spirit, how is it made, uh, perhaps even in the course of making it go to origin to talk with people who are making those spirits, and then, of course, what goes into a cocktail and what should be best left suited for itself. This is where I hope that... uh, this can help you go deeper. And honestly, my having to write everything down and take the time to produce it is helping me clarify my own thinking. So that is kind of Fear No Dinner Party in a nutshell in my vision for where I'm hoping things will be going. Uh, If you're interested, uh, this will be in the show notes, but uh, you're welcome to via the, the Decoding Cocktails website, or you can type in courses.decodingcocktails.com into your little browser, and you can go see my my site. And uh, I hope you'll reach out if you have questions. And uh, But right now, we are offering a discount because it's in pre-sale. So if you want to join me in the early weeks as we release content, uh, you can get yourself a nice little discount off this course too so that's what I've got for this week thanks for listening and uh, I'll see you guys again real soon happy cocktailing hey everybody thanks for listening if you liked the interview the transcript and show notes are located at decodingcocktails.com slash podcast the decoding cocktails podcast is produced by Chris Bay and myself Chris LeBeau Subscribe to avoid missing an episode, and if you think this is good stuff, share it with a friend or review us on your listening platform. And check out our newsletter, Cocktail Confidential. Remember, the best way to get better at mixology is to practice, and the best way to do that is in the company of friends and family. Happy cocktailing, everybody.